Welcome back to a new season of Chris Tries to Review Wine, a season that is trying to be a little more upbeat this episode. The last episode was kind of quiet and whispery, and honestly, a little dark. But to be fair, I am recording this inside a stand-up wardrobe, so it is very dark all around me. Also, very soft, as I'm surrounded by, oh, so many flannel shirts. Why does one man need to own so many different flannel shirts? These are questions we never had time to ask in the before times, but now we have a lot of time to contemplate, to experience, explore, discover, and learn. Or at least try to. And that's why I'm here. Because this season on Chris Tries to Review Wine, we're going to try to review wine that you can get delivered to yourself at home. Because right now, depending on where you are in the country, you will be told to stay at home. And depending on where you are in the country, you may also be told not to stay at home, but you should still stay at home anyway. Uh, And honestly, it doesn't matter when you listen to this episode. That advice is probably still true. Are are you listening to this episode in May, June, 2022? Uh, Honestly, you probably still need to stay at home. And if you don't need to stay at home, I have a feeling most people would prefer if you personally uh, did stay at home. I just, I have it on good authority. I, I, I won't say who, you know, <laughs> I don't tell, but um, yeah, they don't like you. Anyway, uh, since we are all stuck at home right now, I thought it'd be a great time to explore some of the really popular wine delivery services, beginning with Bright Cellars. Bright Cellars, that's like a uh, well-lit basement, not um, an intelligent uh, merchant. No, no, not an intelligent merchant, a well-lit basement. Uh, but maybe there's a double entendre there. Triple, quadru, I, I don't know. Uh, they, they claim to make intelligent suggestions, bright, uh, about wine from a cellar. Uh, it's not a wine cave, which in a simpler time was a hilarious reference to the way the Democratic Party's been purchased by corporate politics. But instead, it's an online service where you fill out a simple survey to get started, and then they send you a starter pack of wine sourced from all over the globe, and uh, they they think that these wines will taste good to you. Uh, That is a theory. That's what they're working with. And then you will rate those wines, and they then will learn more about bright suggestions to make to you from their sellers, uh, bright sellers, and you will continue to purchase the wine in perpetuity for the rest of time, because again, we will never be allowed to leave our homes again. So uh, in that way, it's a really compelling business model. They they are not alone in doing it. I'm looking forward to comparing them to some alternatives later this season, but they are a popular option. And to get started, I thought, why not get bright? Why not get a seller? Why not get a gift certificate for my birthday, Uh, which I did. And so I'm starting there because it's not costing me anything. And during this particular time, that sure matters. Uh, But the quality is supposed to be the same, whether I'm paying for it or not. And so we're beginning this week with a Zinfandel, uh, a wine I would not typically buy for myself. So I'm excited to see, are they so bright? Will they sell me more from their sellers? Find out here on a new episode of Chris Tries to Review Wine. Hit it, guys. Recording live in New York, it's Chris Tries to Review Wine with your host, 
Chris. And that that's it. That's the whole theme song now. Here he is. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, listeners. Welcome back to Chris Dreist Review Wine. As I said before, this is a new season, a self-produced kind of lo-fi, more intimate experience where we're going to try to drink some wine and take our mind off things. And in particular, we are going to test the at-home delivery options for wine. If you joined me last week, I tried a local uh, Delica Wine Tessin in my neighborhood, a liquor store for those of you from uh, other regions, Uh, and there I picked up a delicious Sauvignon Blanc. I I think it was pretty good. Uh, That's what I recall. I don't feel like uh, listening to the episode again at this exact moment. It was a great episode, so you listen later, but me, right now, I am actually recording, so I should continue continue talking instead of stopping to listen for 20 minutes. You know, and that's an okay thing. It's okay to look at a wine and think, I I think I remember liking it. I think I remember recording a whole podcast about it. I think I remember a time when we could go to a bar and ask the, the, um, oh, what do they call them? The, um, like, flight attendant, but for behind the bar. And, And we could ask them, well, which wine do you recommend? And then they would recommend one that they had been paid to recommend, uh, by a liquor distributor. And, um, and, and we wouldn't enjoy it. It would not be very good. Uh, uh, and that—that that is how wine selection used to work. Uh, you, you would uh, hopefully know what you were talking about, but more likely than not, you would not know what you were talking about. And so you'd go to a bar and you'd ask somebody with a, a level of expertise. But little did you know, they had just been told, well, we have extra cases of yellowtail. Could you push the yellowtail this week? And, and you know, um, that's fair. That's capitalism. We're all learning a lot about capitalism right now. But I will say, it's not the best way to experience wine. The best way to experience wine is with a lot of gusto, uh, a lot of unearned confidence, and most importantly, uh, you know, a little bit of a recommendation. Something that that is a little more informed than whatever the, um, you know, again, the flight attendant behind the bar. I think we used to call them uh, bartresses. I'm sorry, barters? Uh, Bartresses or barters. Um, The barter, uh, or bartresses, would uh, then give you your recommendation. And and obviously, uh, occasionally, they would be an expert in the field, and you might get something delicious, which would give you hope in the future that a future bartress or barter would uh, actually give you a good recommendation instead of just yellowtail. Uh, And again, not to knock yellowtail, but um, it's yellowtail, so I think it's okay to knock it. More importantly, will the internet... And computers and algorithms change the game forever. Find out tonight at 11, or or actually just right after this break, when we taste this Zinfandel from Bright Cellars. Part of my uh, initial box of recommendations from Bright Cellars. So again, that's coming up right after this incredibly short break. And we're back, just in time to taste some wine. I want to get right to it, but before I do, I have to tell you uh, what I was delivered from Bright Cellars. It was a six-pack, a a, a starter kit, uh, four reds, two whites, and a 
delightful little booklet of little trading cards for each wine. So each wine has its own little card that has like a cover art that kind of looks like the label on one side, along with like the tasting notes from the label. Very nice. Then on the other side, there's a little fact sheet from Bright Cellars that tells you a bit of the flavors you're going to experience, a bit about the region, and and most importantly for me, uh, as a as a total sucker for um, just suggestions, wine pairings. So in this case, I picked my first red from this box to taste because because I wanted something that would pair well with a barbecue chicken pizza, uh, which is something that is part of a balanced coronavirus diet. Uh, when you are living at home and you have very little eating options, barbecue chicken pizza fills all the food groups and you can eat it all by yourself. Um, they don't tell you not to. The box just says serving suggestion. So I picked this wine because on the list of suggested pairings was two-year-aged cheddar, which sounds like something nice that I don't have, uh, BBQ chicken sandwiches, which sounds like something better than my pizza, but now we're kind of there, BBQ chicken and cheddar, that's basically a frozen pizza. And then uh, at the bottom, off-grid camping trips. And in a way... Uh, while I don't quite know what those taste like, we are all experiencing a sort of off-grid camping trip, uh, with the only difference being we are stuck on the grid, and the grid is the only thing left. So, well, with that in mind, I thought, great, this might be a, a kind of drier red, and I like a dry red, uh, especially when I'm having something sweet to eat, and a barbecue chicken pizza for sure is rich and sweet, so I would think like a good dry wine to pair with those sweet, rich flavors. That sounds exciting. That sounds good, and, and, and I wanted to set myself up for success, so I even opened the bottle a little early, gave it a little time to breathe, yes, and then... And then I poured it. And then I took a sip. And, you know, through the magic of recreation, I am now going to recreate that experience for you because I could not fit the pizza in the uh, walk-in wardrobe that I record this in. So instead I had to eat the pizza before recording. And, and this is what it was like. Mmm, <clears throat> mmm, what a dark, inky, uh, rich aroma Oh, this, this seems like it's going to be a bold and vibrant red that will pair well with the sweet and exciting flavors of my barbecue chicken pizza. <clears throat> I better go in for a sip. <sighs> oh. Oh. Oh, that's kind of tangy. A little tart. Lighter. Lighter than I was expecting. It has this big, bold talk, but then when you get down to the walk, it's not so bold after all. I, you know, it's just kind of like a, a trot. It's a trot. It's a, a little uh, jaunty little trot across your tongue. Um, fruity, strawberry flavors, I would say. I don't remember what the uh, card said now because I had to take a photo of it because it's too dark to see the card in the recording area. So I, I want to say it might have said strawberries, but I'm telling you I'm saying strawberries. It is strawberry jam on my tongue, which, which you might like. I, I would not personally, personally pair strawberry jam with a barbecue chicken pizza, uh, the sweet barbecue sauce. And the sweet strawberry jam. That seems like a lot of sweet together. Uh, but, but okay, listen, that is not exactly what they said to pair it with. They said to pair it with two-year-aged cheddar uh, and BBQ chicken sandwiches, 
which are, are you know, um, just a, you know, a different shape of a barbecue chicken pizza, really. But okay, okay, different thing, different experience. I am not technically on a camping trip, though I am uh, really hot and sweaty and surrounded by flannel right now, so I'm close. So you would think I'm really close to recreating the experience they outlined here. And to be honest, I'm just not getting it. It's, uh, you know, it's fine. It's not bad, but, um... It's not taking me places, and right now, I would love to be taken somewhere. Anywhere. But it's not bad, so I'm going to take another sip and tell you if I have any more uh, thoughts before we go. Mmm. <clears throat> There's a little bit of um, a peppery thing going on. I always like a little bit of a peppery thing in a red wine. It's a little excitement on the back of the tongue. Uh, but but I will say, Lean's heavy on the uh, of the red fruits, the sweeter red fruits. Um, and it does remind me of sometimes you get a strawberry, right? And sometimes you bite into a strawberry and it is perfect. It is juicy, sweet, and you love that strawberry. And then you bite into the next one in the same package and it is like kind of um, a little firm and tart. And it's not bad, but it is um, exactly what you didn't want when you bit into that strawberry. You wanted the sweet, delicious version. It reminds me of that second strawberry a lot, um, which is real strawberry flavor. That is absolutely authentic strawberry. However, it is the, um, the, the kind of strawberry I tend to regret, uh, or better yet, chop up for my salads. Hmm. I wonder if this would pair well with a salad. Most red wines don't, but you know, what's exciting now is that I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking of new ways, places, and pairings for this, uh, whispering horse? Whistling arrow, Zinfandel. I can just barely read it, uh, in the dark here. It's whistling arrow. Whistling arrow. It really stuck with me. Such a lasting impression of that whistling arrow. Uh, again, from Paso Robles, California. And I will tell you what they, uh, said it would pair nicely with. I do have the ability to create some light in this space. Uh, <clears throat> There we are, the lights are on now. And uh, according to what I see here, I was correct about strawberry. Tasting note number one, strawberry. Tasting note number two, black cherry. I, I did not get black cherry so much. I would have said like Bing cherry or maraschino cherry, but okay, a cherry. Uh, pomegranate, uh, uh, sure, I guess. That's trendy. Yeah, it's tart. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that to you. Pomegranate and black pepper, which I did say a little peppery on the back of the tongue there. I don't mind that. Well, this rich, luscious wine, this Zinfandel is like a warm berry pie. That is literally how they describe it. I don't need to go any further. It is like a warm berry pie. I wish I'd read that part uh, instead of just jumping to the food pairings initially, because I'll be honest, I just jumped to the food pairings. I was hungry, and there is not a lot to do at home on a Sunday night except eat. So I was, you know, obviously focused on my priorities. And uh, I would have not, not chosen something described as a warm berry pie to pair with a warm Italian barbecue chicken pie. Uh, two pies rarely go together well. Uh, two pies don't make a right. <laughs> you know, that's the old saying. I may be getting heat stroke inside the recording booth right now, or I may be ready to enjoy a cold white wine in my kitchen. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna just render some judgment right now. Judgment time here on Chris Tries to Review 1. Uh, the judgment I'm gonna render is like, I, I'm gonna say like a 3.3. 
It's not bad. I, if you like a Zinfandel, you could be into this. Uh, I, I'm not into it that much, and, and I don't want to round it up to four stars. So a 3.5 is out of the question. 3.4 maybe, 3.3, something that rounds down for sure. And there's nothing wrong with a good round down. You're better than, you know, the average for your tier, let's say. And, and since cost wasn't an issue here, I'm just not going to sweat that. I am sweating physically uh, right now in this moment, but I'm not going to sweat the cost exactly. Uh, and instead, I'm just going to say, like, yeah, if you're into Zinfandel, uh, if you're trying out Bright Sellers, if they make this recommendation to you, give it a shot. If you're like me, you'll be telling them to please stop shooting this at me. But, you know, there are other, other things that I may want to try that I have not known about on my own. They may yet be able to convince me that an algorithm based on a BuzzFeed-style quiz can truly change my wine life. Will it? How will it? When will it? Uh, you know, honestly, uh, any question, will it? Will it? Find out this season on Chris Tries to Review Wine. Uh, I'll be back next week to try more wine. Goodbye. Chris Tries to Review Wine is created and produced and just, you know, generally made by Chris Barlow. Uh, he thanks you so much for listening and would love to know your thoughts. Find him on Twitter at I am Chris Barlow. And uh, be sure to rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts. Tell people about it. And, you know, if you are learning anything, I'd love to know what it is. If you have a wine recommendation, I'd love to have you send it my way. Again, I'm on Twitter at I am Chris Barlow. I'll see you here next week to try and review more wine. <laughs>